War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Best lawn ever, guaranteed. Contact Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today. Now, you can call them, 401-392-1025. Get a quick, easy quote. The best thing to do, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. They have a great website. It's easy, lawndoctor.com, lawndoctor.com. Then just put in your zip code. Get a quick, easy a quote. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Take Get part of their premium eight-service program. Early spring, spring lime, late spring, summer, Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at LawnDoctor.com. Listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. This portion of the program brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. It's Mother's Day this Sunday. Stop and see everything they have available. Annuals, perennials, trees, shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch, moss baskets, hanging impatience pansies, marigold bags, Large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom, mulches are available. Pick up a delivery, plus mulches, dark piney, dark pine, black and hemlock, crushed stone, full service nursery. They have everything you need. Make your home or business a showstopper. Gift certificates are available. They're open seven days a week. Look for them on Facebook. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They're open every day, and stop in and see them. They have everything you need to make Mother's Day a great day. So yesterday, as many people, you may or may not know, but I did attend, and I did put some clips up on the Facebook page. I will have some more clips uh, put up on the website, but I did attend that first uh, gubernatorial candidate forum yesterday it was held at the crown plaza and on stage was this dr Luis monez who picked the wrong race should not be in the race i don't even think he should have been included um in the debates but he was uh he ran four years ago got two percent of the vote so this time he said oh i get it i'll run as a democrat then they have to include me and on the stage next to him was rhode island governor dan mckee and then the republican challenger ashley kalis then you also had Helena Folks, who ran CBS, Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, and Matt Brown. So you have McKee, Folks, Gorbea, Brown, Monez, five, and then Ashley Kayla, six. So this is my, and I, I talked about this yesterday afternoon afterwards. Um, I'll talk about it. Just, folks, you have to be objective. Um, I did actually, if you read, go to petro.com. I actually have a posting on it because it's it's the yesterday was an only in rhode island yesterday was an only in rhode island and i don't mean in a positive way yesterday was an only in rhode island where you have a sitting governor who is the subject his administration is the subject of an fbi probe and it was not even brought up not even brought up full hour now keep in mind this was the forum that governor mckee first tried to back out of then he showed up yesterday, and he he must have been laughing afterwards. Because check the headline on the website, petro.com McKee wins first debate. Now, granted, it was a forum, but it is incredible that a full hour, and, and you would never, he has been plagued by low approval ratings because of various things that have happened in scandal within his administration. None of it mentioned yesterday. A full hour on stage. Not one mention of fbi no mention of the fact that they're still investigating his former chief of staff tony silva no mention that dr nicole alexander scott gets forty six thousand a month no mention three thousand dollar bonuses to judges and state workers zero the the fact that he planned to skip the forum he injected as a joke at the end that's how comfortable he felt Biden, Biden president biden was not mentioned there was a question about the supreme court what was not mentioned was they've had to enact erect erect fencing around the supreme court uh because of democrat activist mob rule not even mentioned think of that the supreme court they had to put security barrier fences around the supreme court 
the day that the, yesterday they were all sitting up there on the dais and not one mention of it failing providence schools that the state took over no mention there was an epidemic of drunk driving in the state not mentioned once the super scam building deal potential boondoggle fiasco barely a mention barely a mention but the ILO contract and this testing contract scandal that Governor McKee has with Ashley Kalis, who was seated next to him, not even mentioned. A full hour. Uh, that That is a missed opportunity. So, listen, I want to be, you have to be objective here. Based on that, and some, someone was saying, what do you mean he won the bit? Listen, he's still the champ. He's the governor. He came away from yesterday unscathed. They didn't lay a glove on him. Zero. Uh, this is my evaluation. The person that I think did well, who's getting better, is Helena Folks, who ran CBS. She is getting better. Listen, I'm not going. No one has to argue. She's obviously smart. She ran CBS. Uh, she had some good lines. She has good staff around her. That is a candidacy to watch. Now, Dan McGowan wrote he thought Nellie Gorbea did a good job. I, I, I could be biased because of the way voting goes. Um, I, I just I think she's flat, but to me you can't rule her out because the way that she knows how to manipulate mail ballots. So I didn't think she was that great. Matt Brown was not focused. Matt Brown, he's the far left progressive. He was meandering. I, it, it seemed to me he didn't prepare for it. He didn't have any set lines. Um, when he starts to talk, he can be very captivating. He can be, and he comes across with a lot of passion he didn't seem prepared um that dr lewis monez shouldn't even be on the stage he's shouldn't even be running but you know he ran four years ago and now he's running now and then people become perennial candidates and then also gets to the republican challenger um i'll say this about ashley keyless who i've met and i like and i saw her yesterday i think she's got a lot of pressure on her what is unclear to me is whether it is the candidate or whether it's the people she has around her. Could be. Could be the candidate. She could be the problem. Um, she seemed she seemed very unprepared. She seemed the least prepared. And she needed to be the most prepared. She Maybe she was nervous. For some reason, I, I got the impression she thought that they were all going to be attacking her. Uh, it was worse than that. They all ignored her. The Republican challenger was invisible on the stage yesterday. And I recognize people are going to say, what do you mean? She did okay. She she looked good. She was up there. She she was a non-factor. And in, I'm not saying you come up on the stage and, and punch the governor. You have to have some set lines. I'll say this about the Republican challenger. What I didn't hear yesterday is enough about how she's different than the rest of the people on the stage you have to explain it to people and what was also that they don't understand is that the media was there yesterday the media was watching it the media was covering it um what those candidates also to me don't un fully understand is yeah you're you're in a way you are performing if you will the, at this forum for the, the members of RIPAC, but you're really performing for the media you're trying to show the media that you're ready. You're trying to show the media that you are prepared, that you're ready to undertake this. I I, I thought the way I scored this, M M McKee, listen, he even threw something out that he's considering lowering the sales tax. That made news. That was a positive. The fact that Governor McKee, why did he initially, why was he going to skip the debate? Because of the FBI probe, not even mentioned a sitting governor who's the subject of an FBI probe sat on stage for one hour and nor the neither the moderator or his opponents you know the, and even Ashley Kalis just could have said what kind of governor am I going to be I'm going to be the type of governor that my administration will not be the subject of an FBI probe boom leave it at that no mention uh no mention of pro I, I already just went through the list I mean they talked a lot about housing they talked about Roe v. Wade, but they didn't talk about the fact that it was a leaked document and that Democrat activist mobs, uh, the way they've been behaving, that they've had to set up fencing around the Capitol. That should have been brought up and it should have been condemned. There was no mention of the fact that Providence is not safe. Providence schools are a disaster that the state have taken over. 
There's no mention of the cronyism that goes on with the McKee campaign. And every deal and contract is tied into somebody that is like a friend of the governor or a campaign donator. It, it is mind-blowing to me the ILO contract was not even mentioned. Folks, and I, I just, I, I don't, I'm, I'm living in a different, I, I don't understand the world that that's not, you know, you got to come back to, I come back to the original, like what's news, right? Some News is something out of the ordinary, uh, such as, you know, dog bites man is not news. Man bites dog is news. The planes are landing on time at the airport. That's not news. A plane crashed or, you know, had a, uh, skidded on the air on the runway that's news the sitting governor is the subject of an fbi probe uh, god help us the day that that becomes that that's not news now a candidate could say well i was waiting for the moderator to bring it up guess what the moderator never brought it up i don't know if that was a deal with rypec i don't know if that was a deal with the mckee campaign never mentioned i hard to believe mind-blowing if you will mind-blowing not even mentioned president biden's name was not mentioned for a full hour low approval ratings governor mckee low approval ratings not mentioned i want to step back we don't know if there was some kind of an agreement in order to get him to go that's possible maybe i and as a matter of fact now i'm starting to think that maybe that is the case that there was some kind of an agreement that uh that he said to Rypak that he would attend if in fact there was no mention of the fbi so if that's the case then everybody followed along but then they should release that that, that was the guideline that that was the guideline so because otherwise you i think we all agree it makes no sense all right folks you're listening to the john DePietro show listening to the john DePietro show folks it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com this portion of our show folks on this friday and it's brought by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. So we have some news to make. Unfortunately, well, it's kind of a celebration. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, they are going to be closing uh, after the second week of June. So it is coming to an end. They are, um, without too many details, but they're selling the building. They are just fantastic. But they are open for Mother's Day. And so the delicious, everything you want for Mother's Day, whether it's delicious calzones and and folks they have ron's pastry gourmet 170 royal little drive in providence they have from now until the second week of june they have the trump donuts which really made a mark and made actually national news they have the let's go brandon donuts they have cupcakes but again the most delicious calzones they have steak and cheese calzones they have buffalo chicken calzones they have uh, pepperoni calzones ron's pastry gourmet also sausage and pepper old-fashioned whippy skimpy uh they are just fantastic 170 royal little drive in providence stop in all their loyal customers unfortunately it's coming to an end ron again he's decided it's time to take it easy and so but what a legacy they will leave everything baked fresh and from now until they close folks it's just going to be nothing but delicious food so stop it and see them now for mother's day stock up if you're having people over they have mother's day special trays and cook um cupcakes and of course the trump donuts and let's go brandon uh ron's pastry gourmet they're open today make it a great day 170 royal little drive in providence it's right off of silver spring street and um right next to triple a in providence but the big news, stop in and thank them for all the great work they have done. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Well, folks, again, we have made it to Friday. It is Mother's Day weekend. I want to wish everyone on this Friday, May 6th, all the mothers a very happy Mother's Day out there. Speaking of Providence, I want to stay with Providence just for a moment. And then I will be talking about the uh, forum I went to yesterday. But as far as uh, Providence, so <clears throat> you want to talk about political correctness and how it hits the news. So I do have this posted how there is a rape, a rape suspect on the loose in the Elmhurst section of, of Providence, which is up near Providence College. Now, they're not PC students that have been uh, affected by this. Or I'm sure they're no, nervous about it. But in that area, uh, a, a rape suspect actually first went into an apartment and raped a young woman right there in her apartment. 
and then they also believe that that individual then went to even uh there was an open window of trying to got into one apartment got into even a third apartment so here's the here's the rub so to speak the media is announcing that the suspect is a male and they even posted a photo saying be on the lookout for this male folks i i was up there last night and you can see the video on the website topetro.com now first of all one of the students said i think it's the suspect's hispanic but then over the course of uh, last night and then this morning in speaking with various patrol members that were up there um what the, the media is not telling you is the suspect is a black male suspect is a black male but i could play you all the clips on all the channel 10 and channel 12 i i just don't understand what is this that they don't want to come out and say that the suspect is a black male that's the, that by the way that doesn't make mean it's racist this is who you're looking for there's been a problem though and it also comes out with the colleges because as i've told you in the past you know providence college they got rid of one of their security people for the the the, the individual made the quote mistake in september of 2020 after the summer of all the george floyd protests of putting out that and this and it was another this one was an attempted rape and sexual assault but they described the person as um, non-english speaking spoke spanish in and they believe light-skinned dark male and the you know the person was terminated for putting out that description i want you to understand and and absorb what, what we're talking about and that is the fact that they are more concerned about potentially offending certain groups and or the suspect as opposed to protecting the victims or or potential victims in a case like this so just so we're clear and i want you to hear it from me the rape suspect was on the loose up at, and and that's pretty brazen you break into an apartment and then rape this young woman uh right there in her apartment the suspect they're looking for and i have i have pictures posted on both the website tweetro.com and also on the facebook page it is my understanding the suspect they're looking for is a black male so i don't understand how we have fallen into this i believe when there is a criminal you want to give the best possible description to try to warn the public and also apprehend the suspect this is very serious but instead you know i i and i could play the clips put on channel 10 channel 12 and what do they say police are looking for a male now last night progressives are upset saying stop saying that it's a male and many so some of the progressive groups are saying they're offended at that it should be that the rape suspect is a the police are looking for a person so i mean all right number one that's a little bit of a given that they're searching for a person if not then we've really entered the twilight zone but they're saying stop saying that the rape rape suspect is a male it's a person that the police are looking for and then one progressive posted well you don't know it could be a trans person listen here, here's what we do know it's it's someone who looks like a male and now we have i've learned and i we are the only media reporting this that it is a black male that they are searching for so i i just don't know where this is all leading but i'll say this the progressives are winning the battle with the media the progressives now the colleges are very sensitive i understand uh, uh johnson and wales put something out so apparently it was a johnson and wales student and you know providence college was quick to say it wasn't one of our students but the colleges are very cautious they that because it was pc students that were upset when they said that a a student at providence college was approached and almost sexually assaulted by a spanish-speaking uh light-skinned dark male and it was students at providence college that were upset about this so now johnson and wales they're confirming that so the problem is the police have to balance dealing with the colleges and they're so concerned about their uh hurting or offending one of their students but here's the, the larger point and i want you to understand this and that is i i don't think the colleges are doing the students uh, i think they're doing them a disservice i think they should explain listen this is the description we're looking for any sympathy you have anything you're upset about should be focused on the individual that allegedly committed this this crime so this this, this nothing no one is being served 
No one is, the public is not being served by this, by this, it's political correct crime, uh, you know, crime reports. And, and how are people supposed to be on the lookout? It's a male suspect. Well, a young woman was raped. I think we could figure out that it was a male suspect they were looking for. But then the progressives say, well, don't use the word male. Use the word, it's a person they're looking for. This, this, this whole, but he, if it's one thing for the progressives to do that, it's another thing that Channel 10 and Channel 10 and Channel 12, that they go along with it. And the rest of the media as well. Folks, you can pour through all the media reports on this. No one will say black male. Well, we don't want to offend anyone. Oh, if you describe the suspect as a black male, then that's racist. And they're also almost, te they're teaching. So the young woman, think how horrifying this individual climbed, broke into her apartment, raped her in her own apartment. All right, well, did you get a good look at him? I mean, you know, she's the victim of first degree sexual assault, which is rape. But then don't, don't you want to try to catch that individual? Instead, you would, well, I, I don't want to say his race or his, you know, was ethnic. I don't want to know. We don't want to say that. So we'll just leave it at male. It makes no sense to me. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show. Hey, Mother's Day weekend is here. Make sure you have your grill. Stop in Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5, Smithfield. Folks, they have all your appliances, and they have top-of-the-line appliances, whether it's refrigerators or dishwashers, washing machines, dryers, microwave ovens, televisions. But right now, what a selection they have on grills. They've been in business since 1963. And remember, you deal directly with the owner. They'll match or beat any package deal. Let me just explain this. You go somewhere else, you're not saving more money. You could drive right up to the front door, easy parking right there. Their hours are Monday through Friday, 10 to 5. Saturday and, so, Saturday and Sunday, by appointment, Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road. It's Route 5 in Smithfield. Stop in and see them. Look for them also on Facebook. And again, they have top-of-the-line appliances. And remember, their website is jjsappliance.com. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website, is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer trained technicians provide 100 service one customer at a time from service calls maintenance agreements to installation re coogan heating proud to help residential customers and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority call them today now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 
252-3359. In Rhode Island, propane plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances locations in east greenwich and also in rehoboth remember propane plus is energy for everyone it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Brothers Disposal. Call them today, 401-688-0517. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. You can clean out unwanted belongings. Maybe clean out your garage. Clean out your basement. Clean out your attic. Old toys, old things you don't even use anymore. Old furniture. It's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home and then they'll take it away when you're done, whether it's for a weekend, for a week, for a month. Brother's Disposal. Call Brother Roland today at 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother's Disposal today, whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings. Get a dumpster in your driveway or business. Brother's Disposal, 401 688 You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. While the Federation for American Immigration Reform, folks, they have come out with a study of just the, not only the fact that, as we know, this spring, the situation at the border is going to start to get worse, but not only that, but just the amount of the population that's already come in. Joining us right now from FEAR is the Director of Research, and it's Spencer Raleigh. And Spencer, the numbers that FEAR puts out, it's uh, it's pretty sobering, especially considering what's about to happen. Right, right. You know, we just had a report come out here a couple of days ago showing that the illegal alien population in the United States has increased to 15.5 million individuals, up from 14.5 as of a year ago. And that's the end of 2021. This doesn't include the surge we've already seen here in early 2022. It's not an estimate of how many people will be here once Title 42 is revoked. That was just under the, you know, the first full year in office under President Biden. And really just what it shows is, not surprisingly, as he rolls back everything that President Trump did to protect the border and goes even further in incentivizing illegal immigration and protecting illegal aliens in the country, it is, it is resulting in this population increasing at a rate that we may have never seen before. And this this fact that, that you're estimating at least one million new uh people have come in are here illegally that that's pretty that's just and this is just you know coming off the first year of the biden administration what's what's this going to look like at the end of may it's it's going to be it's it's just going to keep on growing and right now it's it's at a cliff that's increasing and we're seeing once title 42 is released you could see five times or more the amount of illegal aliens flooding the southern border and that should be really alarming to the american people especially during a time when we're still economically recovering from COVID 19 there are more and more people joining the workforce every day are there going to be jobs available to them how is this going to hit americans in their wallet we found that the cost of illegal immigration increased by nine and a half billion dollars last year to over 143 billion net total that's a lot of money that Americans are shelling out for benefits uh, that are going to individuals that are not even supposed to be in this country. Folks, again, we're speaking with Spencer Raleigh of FAIR. And Spencer, um, for those that people hear about Title 42, it's set to expire at the end of May. Uh, do we have any reason to believe that there's any other option? Or I, I certainly know there is some pushback, especially from uh, Democrats um even Kristen Cinema and others have been trying to push back right. to try to get this post 
Where do things stand? Or I, I don't hear anything coming out of the Biden White House. Well, right now, you know, at the federal level, there's a stay on that, but that's not that's not the end of the issue there. The Biden administration, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas at DHS, has indicated that it is still their intention to end this program whenever whenever they can, whenever they're allowed. But like you had mentioned, we're starting to see a little bit of pushback from senators, especially in vulnerable positions. You know, Mark Kelly and Kirsten Sinema in Arizona, they're going to be fu- uh, facing tough elections next time they're up. We're even seeing Warnock and a few others who you would think would be even to the, the left of Biden on this issue, but they're in they're in contested seats. They're starting to you know, suggest that, you know, maybe we need to have something uh, something else figured out before we end Title 42. So. I think there is a little bit of hope that Congress may hopefully push the administration to keep this in place, at least uh, at least temporarily while they figure something else out. But, you know, in reality, we really shouldn't even need to be at a place in America where we have to rely on a public health measure to have any semblance of control of the southern border. The Biden administration should be securing the border. Uh, they should be enforcing the law when it comes to illegal immigration and in that way, ending the incentives for people to come here illegally in the first place. But they're not doing that. So, of course, when they get the opportunity to invite even more illegal aliens into the country, we have to expect that that's something that they're going to jump at doing. Folks, again, he is Spencer Raleigh of Fear. Spencer, great job as always. Keep up the good work and we'll talk to you again. All right. Appreciate you having me on today to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dePietro.com. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2 p.m. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me right now is one of my siblings. She is an independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. And DJ, I'd like to just start off with this story. Now, it won't get the type of coverage I think it should get. Uh, but just the story that it, it came out in this in this new book that these two reporters for the New York Times have, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they're in the room at times, and they certainly have it sourced. But to show people, I think this demonstrates where things are with Vice President Kamala Harris, that she actually made a complaint that when she would walk into rooms at the White House, that people were not standing, and it's not just like a minor snub; they actually. They had a meeting to discuss this, and it was enough that it was bothering her. Think of everything that's going on right now with the Biden administration. Inflation is out of control. The whole situation in Ukraine, midterms are looking bleak. What does it say to you that in her world, that's something she considers important enough to actually have a meeting at the White House? Well, and and good to join you. you know, I haven't seen all the details of that book, but to, to have that so deeply sourced, um, we know it, it has happened. It happened. And I, I just think it shows from the beginning of her tenure as VP, John, she, there's an obsession more about the self-image, what kind of image, you know, um, she's putting out there as opposed to, as you're saying, to be, you know, drilling down deep into the issues that, that she should be um, working on. And, and the fact that she would like call a meeting and make this important enough and say, I'm not, it's, it's almost this like obsession of I'm being disrespected, you know, kind of thing. Um, and I, I think that there is something about sometimes her body language and then, um, her speaking tone, people caught up, uh, they kind of, you know, caught on to this, I should say, I think you and I spoke about this during the campaign. She'd have that habit where she's like nodding almost to say, you know, you need to be listening, you know, you need to be taking it in the way I'm saying it. So the fact that this far in the tenure, um, she was named the vice president, they got in there and you would think, John, she would have more confidence and you don't have to make it 
like a big issue. I don't know, you know, that people aren't standing at attention when she walks in. I think that's just goes to show you again that the self imagery uh, it, it seems to be central to what to her more than, you know, what are you doing as the vice president? Um, and and that's also has been shown as we've talked about before. I mean, a lot of turnover at the very top of her office. Um, and when you have someone who loses a chief of staff and you lose press aides and this aide and that aide, that show that is someone after a while. It's not just employees. You know what I mean? That's someone difficult to work for. And in politics, difficult can mean, you know, not really always sure where they want to take the ship. And I think that, you know, she's just had kind of one issue after another and one thing after another that just does not, you know, create the image that she's comfortable. And frankly, John, that she isn't competent in the role. Donna Perry, would it be fair to say that when she was first tapped as VP, it, it sure seemed as if she was always being anointed for, mm-hmm. for 24. I, I don't see that right now. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in the Democrat Party that sees her as the heir to the throne or the, the right. likely front runner for 2024. No, I think they don't. And, and you and I know the way Washington works, the knives come out. I mean, these reporters don't get all of this without, you know, some tips, right? <laughs> I mean, some people leak things, John, you know, and it could be people... Um, who are around Biden, who, you know, there's been a lot of uh, reporting um, sub, you know, that doesn't really get the light of day, but there's a lot of um, intimation about that, like uh, that the two staffs kind of secretly are warring a lot, right? So that could be like, she's unhappy sometimes with her uh, placement, whether it's on the dais or, you know, in the speaking role yeah. and all that kind of <clears throat> stuff. So it just it's shows all visuals. It's yes. all the optics. outside yes. stuff, the optics of it. Yep. Now, over the weekend, Donna Perry, was the its return, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yep. Uh, it was the first time a president has, uh, I mean, the, the president has, has actually attended. President Trump would not attend the years he was there, and then they were unable to have it. During the course of COVID, President Biden did go. Now, what people may not realize is you've actually had the opportunity. You, I believe, have attended that event. I I did attend it twice years ago, yes. And so uh, I'm just wondering your thoughts on it and inside it. uh, You know, as much as I almost felt like sometimes that people were knocking the fact that the the media, the journalists were enjoying it and, and glad to be there. But, you know, it is unique and it is the White House and Sometimes the business of media journalism, it can be thank, you know, thankless. So right. the fact for one night to get everybody in one room and it was a huge turnout and it seemed like it was a big success. And I, I'll give you my thoughts on Biden in a moment, but just your overall thoughts on the White House correspondent. Well, I think it's an institution that should keep going. I think that it's a, as you said, I think when you consider the work that is being done there. And again, everyone can pick their side. But I I think it's very important to remember people are human. Um, They need to have relationships with these people they cover. They all do have rapport that doesn't make the front page. So I think the dinner, you know, I think it's, it's good and important once a year and everyone gets to, you know, look, they used to call it the nerd prom, you know, they had to look very fancy and you know, well, you what see, did you think of what and, did you think of Biden? And I, I just thought that all in all, it was a rather tame um, in tone, I would say, and I'll, to both the um, Trevor Noah and, and how I think Biden came across in this way. I think he didn't have any like big flub or something. So that's right. Im- important for him. I'll Good give point. him that. Yes. I think he was smiling and <clears throat> laughing a lot, which I think yeah. actually plays to his favor. And I think he looked, I will give him this. I think he looked at different points like the Biden that was a little bit on the campaign trail in the beginning and like enjoying himself. Agreed. Which is what, you know, I think that's what like to be able to deflect some barbs, I think is very important to see in a a, a president. So I think he, he did that part. Well, in my opinion, he looked like he was enjoying it. Um, they were there for the amount of time they were there for. But, um, you know, I and I would also say that Washington being a Democratic town, you know, is largely overall, in my view, it was kind of a very friendly correspondence dinner yes. to him. I mean, they used to rib 
sometimes let's face it, they would rib, you know, the Republican presidents, but, um, they, the, the Bush got Bush 41 and 43, you know, and they, but they would, they had a way that they could kind of roll with the punches. And I think that's actually, unfortunately, something that lost by Trump. Like I think exactly at that I moment, agree with you. And I it, think that was an opportunity lost that he could not yes, find a John. way to get into the motion. It was, it was such a war and to not be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I think last night, I, I think that, I mean, not last night, but over the weekend, I think that was to, Biden's benefit. I also found out, Perry, that to me, now Biden obviously didn't write a lot of the jokes. He wasn't able to deliver them. But to me, him laughing at his own jokes, because I think he was hearing them for the first time, and some of them were a little rough. I found that the funniest thing of all. He was like, almost like, hey, this is funny. You know, obviously he had not. You look back, um, President Obama had the right spirit for it. President Bush, 43. He was very good at that. Very funny, yes. Very funny, had a good delivery on it. Um, I think at times it's too bad the atmosphere in the Trump White House, uh, the tone that it went, because I think if if he could have found a way to engage in that way, I I think it would have, I think it would have benefited him. I not. And you know what? I'll just say this. I think that if they in a way, the Donald Trump that people knew more in New York, I think yes. would have, it, you know, he did kind of take a funny turn because, yeah. J.D., that the Washington media wants to be on the inside with the president and That's his right. staff. They do. Yeah. So I think that was a large missed opportunity by Trump to just not show up. And um, and the people ultimately they would be huddling with the president. They want to talk to them you know they do right. they want to schmooze yes yeah so i think it wasn't an <laughs> opportunity folks we're going to take a uh, short break quick break much more ahead donna perry right here on the john DePietro show portion of the program brought to you by the coesed in check them out on the website depetro.com the coesed in or Rhode island tradition since 1977 located 226 coesed avenue in west warwick whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. And DJ, over the weekend, the New York Times, it's still up on their website. Unbelievable, very lengthy, three-part expose on Tucker Carlson. Uh, he held it up like a picture grinning. Like yep. it's a it's a badge of honor. Uh, they really went after him. And, it you know, inside of Fox, I'll say this. It was the most in-depth story I've seen on him, on Fox, how it's evolved. Uh, I think people like you and I that follow the media, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the topics he selects and the path he's going down, it's it's not an accident. It's it's very calculated. Uh, and I don't mean in a bad way or sometimes that might seem as a negative. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, that was that was not a small piece. And I, I can't recall the last time The New York Times did that type of an extensive three part. And if you, you go online to the website, it's even multimedia where there's audio involved and video. It's actually pretty impressive what they can now do. But what are your thoughts on this piece that The Times did on Tucker Carlson? Well, you know, I think that they've decided uh, and and notable that he is the top cable host. And I yes. think that they wanted to throw that out there to say, um, this is what he's doing every night. And, and I think to their dismay, you know, there's huge swaths of the public um, that he's extremely popular with. Um, I would, I would not say, I think that, you know, they've wanted to go down this road that he, you know, is just, it's, it's racist and it's white nationalism when, you know, he, he talks about nationalism more from the perspective of, you know, the U S should put the U S interests first. That is often, but they have taken that and, you know, they kind of interweave that and say that it's, it's white nationalism. And that'll, I think that's been, you know, thrown around a lot um, in the past couple of years and often, faulty but in in terms of for the times to put this amount of as you say john in the business spate to use that amount yeah bank what we used to call sunday front page yeah like above the fold basically like the biggest way you're gonna put it out there um i i 
I think they want that conversation. When the New York Times does that, they want that conversation out there. Um, you know, they, I feel like a lot of the other media that is kind of against him, you know, they have tried different ways to take him down and, you know, there've been boycott attempts or call for boycotts and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I, I think, as you say, he is at the top of his game, in my opinion. I do not agree with everything that he puts out there. But I think that he certainly puts out there a lot of stuff. To He's going completely whatever it has been on most of the media that day. He takes you down a whole different road and says, he let's does. look at it this way. And yeah. And I'll also say this, Donna Perry, they almost treat it like a negative. And I recognize most people listening did not read the story, but they go through and it's new research technology they have at Fox where they can look at the minute by minute, which mm -hmm. means anyone that's watching Fox, they can see in the course of a minute and there's lines and they match almost the way Frank Lutz could do that with a debate when the audience, you turn your dial when you like what they're saying, you turn it the left when you don't right. like it. So they can see what stories really capture their attention and what they found, you know, they they almost act like it's a negative that he's playing to the audience, such as Tucker Carlson's people found his audience doesn't like that even has on the other side. They don't even want to, you know, that used to be a thing because he was on Crossfire, you debate, yeah. you hear the other side. They have found his audience doesn't even want to hear those people, so they eliminate it. I don't think that's a negative. That is, he had, you can't argue. He has the most successful show they throw out, threw out very explosive language, saying it's the most racist show on television. He picked right. up where, you know, Trump was. I think they, again, also, I think Tucker Carlson was wise to say we want the Trump crowd, but we don't want to be tied to him. So they kind of play it. But I view this as this is a show that recognizes, like, let's play the hits. And if MSNBC and CNN were smart, they would try to duplicate it in their own formats. Well, and, and I would say, uh, to your point, and that they're criticizing, saying he doesn't have anyone, you know, from the other side to debate him. But, J.D., like, if you look at an MSNBC, like, uh, Rachel Maddow, like, does she welcome re Good right, point. Republicans yes. on her show, of course? And Chris Hayes, does he ever say, let me get a couple of Republicans on here? Okay, I want to hear your side of this. Zero. So yeah, very good this is the way, in my view, this is the way a lot of these shows are conducted. So I don't think in that way Tucker should be singled out. They, they all are playing to what they believe their audience base is. And you're, yeah. and you're right, like this idea of minute by minute, it is fascinating that mm. that can be so calculated. And it's kind of like online clicks. Like they can literally say the audience like like this and yes and doesn't because, like this and i'll even say you know you have people that say this should be more positive stories and why don't you do something you know about hero but that that's not what the audience wants he's delivering what they want now donna perry finally i think this next part is really interesting and i did send it to you but the meet the press did a big piece of it and there's other things and it basically says as we're approaching the midterms this is pretty dramatic the democrat party has lost the rural voter the Democrat yeah. Party it basically has really become just the party of the you know urban inner city that in many ways they are so wildly unpopular once you get outside into whatever you want to call it, suburbs, rural area. But right. they really um, they've abandoned the party. And it's incredible how much how many gains the Republicans have made. Yeah, th there's no question. And, and I thought that was um, fascinating from Chuck Todd and Meet the Press. And they showed you, John, back in the day, like a Bill Clinton yes. would win over a thousand uh, rural counties That's right. um, when you're in Iowa and, and those rural states. That, you know, and then it began to erode when you got to Obama and where it is now. I would say a couple of things on that. It, it's not only an erosion of support. John, it's it's kind of an erosion of what I call relatability. Well, yes. what is the modern Democratic Party saying and constantly projecting that can, in most ways, that is any way relatable to people who might who are like Middle America? We used to call it like That's seriously right. yes. their their lives, their concerns. Those voters, you know, John, they're not like preoccupied with cancel culture politics and climate change and. You know, you're going to put a radical curriculum in schools. These are not things that are going to click 
uh, whether you want to say rural or middle America. They're, they're simply not. And I, I would say neither side is relating to the other side. And it, so it doesn't surprise me that they've run over, you know, to the Republicans. And, um, and, and I think, like, it, frankly, when you see that during the campaign run up for a time, the Democrats were trying to portray Biden as like, oh, old, you know, centrist Joe, and he'll just right. kind of, and, and I think that has also been a problem for them. He was portrayed that way. And we, you and I've talked about this many times, the independent voter, where their head is at is always the thing to watch. Because right. there's, there's two very firm sides, they're not going anywhere. But that independent voter and they did portray him like he would be the sensible centrist. You know, they said, oh, the Trump crazy years. And that was a little bit of how they wrapped up the campaign theme. Well, I and then when you see the rural voter, John, they, they don't understand this woke mob. And <laughs> right. And and all this stuff, it's very yep. San Francisco and New York. And it's just if you are again, you're a person in the middle of the country You've seen an erosion in many ways of your, um, you know, wage earning and, and your lifestyle. And, you know, then there was uh, drug addiction that has ravaged parts of, the, say, the Rust Belt. And you get out to counties like that, John. And and so they've kind of lost. They're like, you know, where, where did America go? You know, and and so they certainly don't see answers in this very elitist modern Democrat Party. It's really like the two sides have flipped. It is, so, you and, know, and I, I come back to, you know, uh, two things. Number one, in that new New York Times book, by the way, Nancy Pelosi says it basically they illustrate the left has just drove has absolutely driven her crazy. And the left gives her so huh. many problems within, you know, the party where the point where she even is quoted in the book saying that she would not be speaker when her term is up again for one billion dollars, how much they have driven her crazy. Wow. But I, I come back to DJ James Carville, you know, him very brazenly and openly saying whoever came up with defund the police. That's the stupidest expression and slogan I've ever heard. And what does that mean? And these people don't understand. And as much as then that, you know, AOC and the squad and they lash after him and go after him. uh, James Carville, I'll tell you, DJ, he knew he knows exactly what he's talking about. And I think you're really going to say this, see this play out the next few months that who knows how big this midterm blowout could be right proportions and and to your point defund the police and john the public sector worker police firefighters teachers that there was nothing more bread and butter to the democratic party than yes that's right and i just think that they're more centrist yeah um than what this party is showing so and what if i may one other thing about who they're losing as a voter and i think i forget where this came out in the past week or whatever um it it, oh it might have been in that crazy um uh graphic that um elon musk retweeted and it showed the progression of what we used to call the old liberals let's say 20 years ago well john they're losing conventional liberals if you will that's you right. know, that's like the Bill Maher crowd. Yes, the Democratic Party is losing them and, and like a Musk who would say, I always considered myself a liberal. And and now they're saying, I don't identify. You know, yeah. that was good. That little chart that he drew. Up. Yeah. I think it will be his influence on Twitter. I think I think it'd be very positive. If anything, he's funny on Twitter. He's bringing some humor back. But you right. come back to, you know, Hillary Clinton. James Carville, you know, the AOCs, the, the woke left, the progress, they may not like those people know how to win elections. They know how to, you know, they've gotten votes in the middle of the country. And I'll even go to, you know, Hillary saying, yeah, what they do is they go to the bluest area, yeah. and give a speech or they bring you to the bluest area. And it's an echo chamber. And they think, you know, you give a speech in Cambridge and that's going to play, you know, right. in New Hampshire. And it just isn't like that. Right, right. But that's the world they live in. Folks, she is independent columnist, opinion maker. It's Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. And we'll talk to you again. Good to be with you.